Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. That was too much of a positive intro, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what I'm thinking about. We're back on a Friday special. We must be crazy as we try and dissect, look back, provide some therapy on that horrendous result up at Bramall Lane, which saw Tottenham Hotspur beaten by Sheffield United by three goals to one. The performance in general, absolutely shocking. So I've got three massive Spurs fans to look back on that game and try and tell me where we are going, what direction we are heading, and most importantly, is it going to get better? Well, one of those people I've got on this podcast I'd like to have back on this show is Anthony Costa. How are you? How are you, mate? We've been talking a lot recently. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean feelings. Yeah, it's... it's... It's it's not good times, is it? I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. Luckily, this went eight o'clock last night, mate, because I'd have been, I wouldn't have been in a good mood, boy. <laughs> Difficult, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, listen, yeah. we've all tried, I think, our best to, especially when the Premier League restarted. There was this weird optimism that we were going to improve, we were going to get better, mm-hmm. and that was all a bit of an illusion. What happened before? the enforced break? But I mean, at the moment, I mean, it really is trying to search for positives more than try and have them. So. Delighted to also have back on this show. She does tell us what she thinks. Very, very direct. Great to have Talia Corran back on the last one on Spurs. Talia, thank you for coming on. I've got to say, you messaged me last night and said to me, Ricky, are we still doing this? (laughs) (laughs) I did because I just thought, do you know what? This is just going to be a massive spiral of negativity. And so I was just a bit like, are you sure you still want me to come on? (laughs) We're here. Let's go. We're here. Let's go. And what a time to make a debut on the last word on Spurs. God, I mean, I want to say to him, the only way's up. We hope it is. Delighted to have Kieran Pedley making his debut. Kieran, how are you? I'm well, Ricky. Uh, yes, very strange episode to have my debut on. I'll try and be positive. I think anyone that's clicked download on this deserves a medal, to be honest, for uh, given the performance last night. So I'll try not to make them feel worse when they leave. No, I mean, we are here to try and provide some therapy, but also we don't want to dress up what was an awful performance. Of course, that VAR decision is going to overtake a lot of conversation, which rightly so, even looking back now, 24, 48 hours. How did that go against us? But I mean, and let's start with you. 
as I said there, whilst we completely acknowledge there was an absolutely awful VR decision go against us. Yeah. The performance itself, and you know, to mm-hmm. lose to a Sheffield United side that before this game lost three on the bounce without their three players. I mean, it was a pretty yeah. pathetic display from Spurs. Yeah. How would you sum that game up and watching it? Um, abysmal. Um, I think I've I've been a massive I've been massive uh, Jose fan. For many a years, uh, as as a manager, he's one things, and I've, I've said to you, you know, off the record, you know, we talk and stuff, and you know, I was very excited for his appointment because, as I said, he, you know, he, he wins trophies everywhere he goes, and I can't see him. I love him to win something at Spurs, of course I do, but the squad we've got is just dire, uh, and I don't mean Eric dire. I mean, it's you just can include him in that. It, well, I can, <laughs> but it, it, it's awful. It's abysmal. No winners. There's no leaders. Um, I'm watching it last night. We went, you know, we had again all the, you know, all the possession. And if everyone wants to start throwing stats at me, and then we went one nil down, and then obviously the VAR decision. It, you know, it goes against you, and it's for you. You know, it, it's one of them things. You've got to dust yourself down. But that, that should have been the turning point for Spurs. You know, when we didn't get that totally decision, agree. go. Totally let's yep. go again. Yep. Let's go again. Let's yep. pepper that goal. Yeah. As you said, there are three people out. Injured, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we had a £150 million team on that pitch and it looked like it, looked, it cost £150. Grand. It was disgusting. Um, I think you're being calm with that, Ant, to be £150. Grand. Uh, yeah, no, no, true. <laughs> but it's, it's just it's just mentality. And I think yep. it's been from, again, no disrespect to Poch, it's from the Poch era. Um, we have no winners in the team. And it's time now to play these last five, six games and get rid of the dead wood. Yep. Get rid of it. Get yep. rid of them and start again because, the, unfortunately, people like Lamellas of this world um, and Dombele's not pulling up any trees, unfortunately. I had very, very high hopes for him. Ben Davis, bless him. It's calamitous defending. It's calamitous play. And I, for one, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with what I'm seeing because, as you said, Sheffield United have lost three on the bounce. They come, they go and play Spurs and Dr Tottenham helps them out. Yeah, Disgusting. It's terrible. Di- it's, it's difficult, is it, to look anything past that? I mean, the weird thing was that first half, I thought Spurs played quite well. Yeah. well I thought we played. That's you know, what I'm saying. We played fairly decent, but I mean, you mentioned yeah. there in terms of winners. The, the weirdest thing is, you look at that Tottenham team. You've got Hugo Lloris, a World Cup winner. You've got the Belgians in there that have won trophies, you know, in their domestic leagues. But I do agree that this team itself, in terms of winning Premier Leagues and winning, you know winning in the last couple of seasons in terms of you know being able to Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues it's just not there and we've always said that you know whoever the manager is it's going to need a rebuild so you know you can sit there and look at you know if it was Pochettino or Jose Mourinho but the common denominator is that unless this squad is improved doesn't matter who the manager is exactly it's not going to get any better and Tally let's bring you in because it was a desperately disappointing defeat you know Mourinho he had an easy way out with the VAR but to be fair to me discussed about the mentality after the game and you know you've got to say he doesn't disguise a lack of fight the shambolic defenders Anthony said and a lack of quality going forward and even you'd say Europa League is looking optimistic based on that kind of performance completely agree you know everything both of you just said it's so clear and obvious when we watch that half our players just don't have a football brain and they don't look at their surroundings. On a few occasions, like Kane had so much space. No one looked up. Yeah. There were so many wasted opportunities. And the whole game was just like no tempo, static, no movement, no ideas. Boring, boring, boring. Like we had a few opportunities on the break. Sonny running forward, Bergwijn running forward. Looked good. And you think, oh, you know what? We might have a chance and could get a couple. 
But other than that, I think some of the finishing in the final third was absolutely shocking. It was shocking. And I mean, the defence, do we even need to say it? Not one of those boys could defend last night. I was embarrassed watching that. Mm. Do you know what I actually said to people in my lounge? I was like, if I was drunk and kicking my legs around having a dance... I'd have had more of a good chance to save some of that <laughs> than they had. Well, especially that, that second goal. I t- totally agree. It's... They were just static standing there, like watching it, like, oh, flick it in, funny. Like, are you yeah. joking? I just thought, do you know what? It, it was a joke. And our defence is finished. Uh, I the, just... the problem is, Tanya, we've been saying that for a long time. I can even remember, like you said to me off air, you said it's a copy and paste job. You said exactly the same thing the last time you was here. I mean, do you feel that whoever is in charge, you know, the, the squad simply, it's just not good enough, is it? It's not going to get you results long term, no. is it? It's not. I mean, the squad, squad's been going backwards for a good couple of years. And unless we go for a full on real rebuild, like Potch said... It's not going to happen and Levy's not going to do it. So we're going to be in big trouble. And I think part of the problem is that I'm still shocked that quite a lot of Spurs fans actually think our squad is decent. And there's, you see so many people being like, oh, we've still got such a good squad or we've got one of the best squads in the league. And you're like, are you joking? Like, I'm not being funny and no disrespect to Sheffield because they've obviously had a, a wicked season. But we were like Champions League finalists last year, right? They were in the championship. That should be levels. Like, that is a huge jump. And last night, you could not tell a difference. And if anything, you'd think we're the bloody championship side. Like, we've just gone so far back. It's just such a shame. And it's just taken everything out of football. Like you guys said, you just think over the break, there was a little bit of optimism. It was like, we've got a full squad, Mourinho ready to go. Like, he's had, I guess, half a pre-season in that respect. And we were all kind of quite excited. First kick of the ball, we were like, right, Spurs are back. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, Kieran, just bringing you in. God, what I said to Kieran at the start, what a time (laughs) to make a debut. I mean, I want to see if I can try and put a positive spirit on it, but it's really difficult. I mean, I said there, you know, the first half, Kieran, we looked in control and we played some decent stuff. But, you know, as soon as, you know, that VAR decision went against us, which we are going to come on to, the mentality, the heads just dropped. And it's almost like you look at that second half, no ideas, no direction, no identity. No player out there really seemed to have a clue what they were doing. And again, you look at it, it's a near enough fully fit squad. A few games under their belts now. And up against the Sheffield United side, which going into this game, they're on a really poor run of form. Haven't won in three. You know, no excuses. Shocking really from the manager to the players. How have you seen it, Kieran? I agree with a lot of what's been said. I'll try and put a bit of a positive spin on it if I can. I mean, not so much the performance, but just the general position of the team. I mean, we've got lots of games coming up. And you know what it's like with Spurs. When they lose, it's doom and gloom. Go and beat Everton at the weekend. and Well, I think it's Monday, actually. Uh, and Bournemouth. Then you go into the North London derby a week Sunday in a very different position, right? So you've got one defeat in five rather than uh, a downward spiral. But So that could happen. So we'll have to see how it plays out in the next few, uh, next few days and the next few weeks. But... Look, this Spurs team reminds me a lot of the old Spurs. Uh, the team that Redknapp took over rather than the one he created. The team that Potch took over. The team we had when we had Genius and Keane and people like that. Um, good, good players in the team. Some very good. But I think we have a habit of overrating them a little bit, if I'm honest. If we, when, we go, when we go player to player, there's some good prospects in there. But, you know, Gio Lo Celso, for example, yeah, excited about his future, but 
He's not there yeah. yet, is he, as, in no. terms of a, a world-class player? That's not a criticism. It's not designed to be a criticism of him. No, it's the truth, though. To, it's the truth. But, but we have to put a bit of perspective on some of these uh, some of these players. So it just reminds me very much of a sort of Europa League team at the moment where every now and then we'll, we'll pull out a performance where we'll beat a Man City. Um, we'll probably give someone a good hiding before the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised because there'll be a game where Lucas and Delhi and Kane and everyone clicks. Um, but it won't be often enough. And it's the consistency... And specifically, it's the ability to win six to eight away games a season. That's what gets you into the top four, right? And to do that, you need a bit of a spine. You need a bit of backbone about you. And I just don't see that at the moment from the side. And look, what it comes down to ultimately is if it's not in the squad at the moment, we're going to have to go and get it. But I'm not that optimistic we're going to be able to do that. The issues you've got, they're, they're glaring. Everybody can see the issues that this Spurs team have got. And it's whether we're going to be able to go out and address the key areas in which we need to strengthen. Now, before I go back around to Ant, just going to read out some listener questions we've got here because we've had so many come in. Over 110 questions come into the last word on Spurs. I hope you can appreciate we won't be able to read out every single one, but just a flavour of some of them. Brock at Soccerball Stunning Spurs says, Dot the Tottenham to the rescue. We have all the ability yeah. in the world going forward and we yeah. seem to have no cutting edge whatsoever in the final third. We're on the receiving end of the worst VR decision of all time. But yet we still lost this game because we were woeful. Cameron yeah. Yarde Jr. says, I keep telling you, when you accept this team isn't as good as you think it is, bad results won't surprise you and you won't be angry. This is the level Spurs should realistically be at, given decisions over the last few years. Going for top four and a few cup runs, that's it. Justin Coda says, all the progress made in the last two games out the window... Really concerning that we play a team who were as poor in the last few games and still get scored. That attack should do better. And questions on the whole defence. A worrying summer as Levy won't back Jose Mourinho. Tony Wilde says the problem was Poch. So sack him and replace him with Mourinho, right? Or is the lack of investment always the elephant in the room? Lewis and Levy always culpable. There's always a balance, but the fans deserve some ambition on the pitch, not just a balance sheet. Last couple here. Jay at Zach Ferry says, how much worse does it get now until Mourinho is finally sacked? Actually change that to how bad it needs to get until Daniel Levy finally swallows his pride and admit chasing his fantasy manager was a ridiculous idea and it was never a suitable fit for the club. Now, just on that, Ant, in terms yeah. of the manager, because I know there's been this debate on lots of different you know, Spurs platforms and on social media in terms of the change in manager, but I think we have to emphasise the point that regardless, whether it was Pochettino... Whether it's mm -hmm. Jose Mourinho, yeah. the squad was always going to need a rebuild. But the thing that you said at the very top of the show was the mentality. The challenge was, after that VAR decision happened, was to try and put it behind them and win the game. And, and it, it. it was a test of character, around that we really did terrible. fail. But why, was, Why can't... Why do you because think we haven't got the can't yeah. do it? Why because we haven't got the mentality. We haven't got winning mentality. It, went, it goes to show the Champions League and everyone's buzzing and my best night in, in Amsterdam. Best night in Amsterdam, we got there because of a VAR decision. We didn't beat Man City the game before, threes, fours, nils. Yeah? If, that, if VAR weren't in play, we would have lost that. Then everyone would be going, oh, we can't even get to the Champions League semi-final. We got to the final by the skin of our teeth. Let's call it straight, right? From that. You go to a Champions League final. This is your one and only time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. So apologies to, to, to the rest of the guys and girls. You, you go to the Champions League final. Yeah, Liverpool were there for the taking. A decision went against us. The penalty, was it a penalty? Was it not? Of course it wasn't. It was, it was a ridiculous decision. We went 1-0 down. They were there for the taking. 
They didn't play well at all. And what happened? We crumbled. That's the mentality that we've got in our side. And it will always be there until I, I, I lose breath. Because unless you get a, um, players that have been there, won it, done it, worn the T-shirt, that is, that, that, that's, it will never change. Spurs will always be Spurs. Dr. Tottenham's, Spursies, this and that. Oh, no, if a manager's not won a game in 15 years, he's going to win a game against Spurs. If a player's making a debut, he's going to score against Spurs. It's true. It's true. It it's true. That, that guy come on against Sheffield United, come on last night. I said, I said to my mate on text, I said, I bet you any money he scores. And what happens? He goes and scores. Debut or wherever it is. Yeah? We ain't got the mentality. And until Levy, whoever the people above, start investing, we will always be mid to, to, to sixth in, in the league. Done. Done. I'm, 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 it's nothing to do with the managers because Jose's been given the tools that Poch left. Right? Poch said, yes, we need a rebuild. We didn't win anything under Poch. So people need to forget that now. He's gone. No disrespect to him. Let's back this manager now. And what I saw for the first 15, 20 minutes against Sheffield tonight, yes, it was all right football. Mm. It wasn't brilliant, but it was all right. Talia said, how many times was Kane in positions to shoot, to score? He was in space. No one passed to him because everyone wants to be a hero. To go on the point there, Talia, that Ant mentioned, in terms of that mentality, you know, this group, as he said there, it's shown that fragile mentality under Pochettino. And you really now say it's up to Mourinho's job now to try and change that. But it, it's not the first. I mean, how can Mourinho try and change this team's mentality? Or is it all just about now overhauling the squad. Is that what it's all about? Can it not be done through the manager like Jose Mourinho? This is a man that's a winner. Wherever he's been, he's managed to instill a winning mentality. Is that not possible with this group of players he's got? Mourinho was brought in, and for the most of us, surely the only purpose, other than potential Levy-ego bullshit, was because he is the mentality guy. He is a winner. He's a serial winner. He'll get these players to win, right? Surely that's the back thinking of getting him in in the first place. All right, yeah, he's only been here however long. But there's been no changes whatsoever with this group of players. And it's not like, oh, we can't change them, we can't change them. Why can't you change them? Yeah. You know, players aren't stuck how they are. They're not born losers, right? No yeah. one's born a loser. We obviously have like a, a flick of the switch or something. We always fall when there's a decision against us. And for whatever reason, we have a blockage where we just can't switch it on. Or we switch it on when it's too late in the 85th minute and they run down the wing. And you're like, what the fuck have you been doing for the rest of the last half an hour? It's always too late. You know, that VAR decision last night did exactly that. You know, it flicked that switch and all of a sudden... We lost all motivation to go forward. There was nothing. And that's when we just had no ideas, nothing. You know, and you have to think we've got the same players crumbling under two different managers. So that suggests that there's got to be some form of issue with the players. So, I mean, in answer to how do you do it, I think that, that's more difficult. And I think everyone thought Mourinho had that answer. And you think it's drilling. But I just don't understand why they're not passionate enough to want to win. Like, they see these teams around them. You know, Liverpool were way below us a few seasons ago. They've added yeah. a few extra players. Surely, if you're a professional football player, you look at them and think, oh, my God, like, what are we doing? They just do nothing. They are so lazy on the pitch. They just need to sprint, but they don't. They just stand there and watch, and you just think, do you actively not want to win this game? It is so bloody frustrating for all of us. So, I, I, you know what? I don't know. That's why I just think if you get some either winners in, new blood, it freshens it up, and you, you hope someone leads the line. Do you look on our bench and go, 
is a game changer. Absolutely no. not. We've got exactly. what? Gedson, Sessegnon, uh, who else is on there? Well, Dombele's on at the moment. Sessegnon and Clark. Sessegnon and Clark. Sessegnon and Jack Clark are, 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 is like a man of mystery. I don't know where he is at the moment. Why? <laughs> UPR, who he's knows? Like, he, he's, like, he's like football's version of the Scarlet Pimpernel. I mean, no one knows where he is. Right? <laughs> what club he's at. They cost more. I know. Like, they cost like eight, nine million less than Leroy, Leroy Sane has gone to Bayern Munich today. It's just a joke, isn't yeah, it? It's, 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 it's embarrassing. It's I mean, embarrassing. Some of the... Some of the Buys have been terrible. We talk about investment, and it's definitely true that Spurs have. Under- I mean, they didn't invest at all for eighteen months, right? So it's not just a question of underinvestment; they didn't for a, for a period of time. Um, but it's got to be good investment, hasn't it? And one of the things you notice with Spurs is that they just tend to, when they spend big money, they don't tend to do that quite very well, really. Yeah. Got our record transfers. Um, on and Dembele is probably someone we might talk about later. But you go through the list of people like Davinson Sanchez. Um, Lamella back in the day was at the time I mean 30 million or so okay now it doesn't sound like a lot but at the time he was supposed to replace Bale I mean the ones we we tend to get right tend to be um, from the lower leagues when we don't spend very much I mean off the top of my head you've got what Rose and Walker they cost barely anything Lennon back in the day but Delhi's obviously inconsistent at the moment yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, Delhi's the, 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 the first one everyone goes to, of course. Even Michael Carrick. I mean, that's a yeah. unique circumstance. Dawson as well. Yeah. Dawson. So, I mean, what I'd like to see, to be honest, it's not even so much about expecting Spurs to spend £100 million because we know that's not going to happen for lots of reasons out of our control, to be fair. I just want to see a bit more of a strategy around the recruitment. And the, only other, the other thing I'd say on recruitment is, I mean, you look at the menta- on the mentality point, I think we can maybe be a little bit too uh, one-track, one-trick pony when it comes to buying y- the young players that will improve in the future. I'm fine with that being the overarching strategy. Totally get it. But there's nothing wrong with getting one or two in that maybe are around 30 years old who have been Absolutely, there. Absolutely, mate. Um, it's the wages, though, for us. It's not the talent. It's the wages that until we change our structure internally and actually pay, you know, bigger players or or people that want to come to London like earn more money good positions like we're gonna fail because I think like say Chelsea are a pretty good example right like their squad is I would say pretty average quite young pretty average they've gone and done what they have been on a transfer ban they've bought two unreal players that are probably yeah. gonna take them great next year yeah. but, but cost an arm and a leg has it really yeah. though no exactly and, and the thing is you're right but they've brought in quality in and amongst the youngsters yeah. Yeah. so people like the Mason Mounts of this world um yeah. Uh, Tammy Abraham's Abraham, as well. Yeah. Reese, uh, I can't remember the boy's name. Maury um, and someone else. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm saying. So you've got five, four or five players there that are going to play at least 15, 20 games next season. But when you're looking at people that they've brought in, like the Timo Werners of this world, um, you look, you look, you look as 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 Belaqueta. You got, you know what I mean. You got, you got winners in that team. So it's going to make that team better. Unfortunately. Yeah. Spurs haven't got winners. Harry Redknapp used to say it's all about players and I used to sort of dismiss him a little bit. But, I mean, obviously coaches make a huge difference. But if you look at Jurgen Klopp, I mean, the, the Liverpool game at Wembley a couple of years ago was brought up a few times and on, on, on the pod recently. Go mm. and look at that back five that Liverpool had at that time. It was Mignolet in goal, um, Matip and Lovren, central defence, and yeah. uh, Moreno and Gomez at fullback. Mm. I mean, look, and look what they've done since. But yeah. the thing is, as much as it's about Van Dyke and Allison, you know, Andy Robertson was about ten million pounds. So oh, what a player. player! I'm not saying you can do it all on the team, but if, you, if you've got the proper scouting and the proper recruitment, then it doesn't have to be fifty million pounds a time. 
just got to get it right. Kieran, can I yeah. ask you, I just want to have a quick just word on the manager. Listen, I think we've all admitted that, listen, this is goes beyond just the manager. This is the players, and we've all known that for God, the last 12 to 18 months that the squad needs a rebuild. But just on Mourinho itself, when you look at the fact for Spurs that, you know, if you are to remove another manager and your strike rate is in 20 years just two decent ones, somehow that's defying the odds that maybe if you do change the manager again, you're going to get it right. I mean, they know the cost of sacking Pochettino and hiring Mourinho, and inevitably you feel like there could be that excuse that, you know, if we were to sack Mourinho, that's why Spurs wouldn't be able to do much money in the transfer window. So do you think, Kieran, this can still work for Tottenham in terms of Mourinho? Do you think there is still a way in which we can come out of this with a couple of trophies and Mourinho leaves us in a better position than what he found Spurs in the first place? The thing on the horizon is Harry Kane's future, but maybe we'll come to that uh, later on. Um, look, I was pro-Mourinho. I was a bit like Anthony. I you know, saw him as a, a winner. Um, the one thing everyone keeps saying at Spurs is we need to win a trophy. Um, that's the missing piece. Who else better to get in than someone that's mm. won something everywhere, everywhere he's been? The problem with Mourinho, I don't really blame him for this. Um, maybe this is a bit of home truths for our fan base, is that a large section of our fan base never wanted him and, and haven't really reckoned themselves him being there. And look, I don't want to dump on the fans too much, but you see this now, every, every opportunity he'll get jumped on. So it's quite hard to see how he can, in this very difficult set of circumstances, win some of those people over. I'll give you one it's example. It's yeah. We beat West Ham 2-0. Kane scored, clean sheet. Okay, clean sheet seems a long time ago now. Um, you know, and people might people say, oh, it's just West Ham. It's never just West Ham for me. Um, all my uncles and cousins support them. And look, they love beating us and I'd want to beat them if they're in League One. And look, they went on to beat Chelsea in the next game. So uh, they can't, maybe, maybe they're not that bad. Who knows? Um, but I went, on the, I went online anyway to see what the reaction was. And all it was was, why isn't Mourinho playing on Dembele? And, OK, it's, it's Twitter, it's the internet, it's not real life. But it did make me think mm, it's going to struggle here because there's just that core of, uh, of fans that don't, that don't want him there. Um, Such to succeed? shine. I mean, I think there's two things I'd say very briefly. One is, I mean, it's the next six games or so, or whatever it is, is going to be important. Um, as I said at the beginning, if they go and beat Everton and Bournemouth now, the picture looks very different. Um, but if they, if they tail off really badly... Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Um, and as for next season, it sort of depends a bit on what competitions are in. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we went very deep in the Europa League, if we're in it. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we went very deep in the FA Cup. And that's kind of what you brought him in for. Um, I don't really fancy the top four too much next season as we sit here today. So I think he can, I think he can do the business, but he's got to be backed uh, by the fans and by the board. And that's the thing that worries me. But if we don't, if he goes, I don't know where we go from here after that. So that's the problem. You talk about there being backed, but and you know, with Mourinho again, he's not going to come out and say he wants twelve to thirteen players. But he seems to maintain the fact that he doesn't need many new players to make this Spurs team tick. But when you look at it on the eye, if you was to presume that fifth place got you a Champions League spot, and again, this is not me criticising Mourinho here, but this is again a case that you look how far backwards we've gone. That we were three points off the qualifying spots when we sacked Pochettino, three points off fifth place. We are now seven points. It's just the fact I'm just mentioning that, you know, as a team, we are so far off. When you've got Sheffield United, I hate to say yeah. this, when you've got <clears throat> Arsenal above you, I mean, I'm embarrassed yeah, look at that league table. Arsenal, this is uh. the worst Arsenal side I have ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm now 30. And I look at that Arsenal but, side and I think, but, if we can't yeah. be above them, God, how poor are we? But, but Rick, they've got, unfortunately, it pains me to say it, 
they got clinical finishers, mate. Yes, we've got Harry Kane, but they got they got youngsters. They got they got they got hung. You know, they got good hungry youngsters that want to play for, for their club. It pains me to say it, mate. Hate I hate saying it. You think I like saying that? No, I don't. We haven't. We've got we've got calamities everywhere because the squad hasn't been jig, jigged about. It has. It's been the same squad. Lamella's been there eight years. Dyer's been there six. Ali's been there five. You know, yes, footballing terms, it doesn't sound a lot, but it does. It is a long time. Wolves, look at Wolves. Fantastic, fantastic players. Dejal Moutinho's, the Real Jimenez's, the Yotters. Moutinho's 32, 33. He controls, he controls that middle of the park all the time. Experience, we ain't yeah. got no one like that. Yeah. We haven't got anyone like that. It's horrible to say to criticise your own team players, but would you sell Kane for 200 million? You know, please, well, God. I'll tell the problem is, the problem with Kane is, if, if you sell Kane for 200 million, I think the, the question you have to ask yourself is, if we were to sell Harry Kane for 200 million, do you trust this Tottenham Hotspur board with their... Sh- record in terms of signing strikers will they get it right would they actually be able to invest the know, money mate. correctly I, look, when you look at nah. Liverpool yeah. Liverpool look actually went out with, there look what they did with Bale mate look what they did with Bale you know, well, that, that, you isn't, know isn't, again, well that's that's the biggest problem when you look at previous experience where we did that we did go and sell our crown during Gareth Bale and we went and invested the money in seven players. And let's be honest with you, the only player really out of that seven... Ericsson. Was Ericsson. And, we, and, he, and he went. So when you look at that and think, could you trust this Spurs ball to do that again? I mean, no, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, probably not, mate. And it's, it's, it's horrible to say that, you know. Talia, I want to come back round to you just to kind of finish up on this topic because we are going to look back at that horrendous game. We must be crazy to want to look back at it, but we do have to go into yeah. a bit of detail. But when you look at it at the moment, you know... The fact that Spurs, we've conceded 27 Premier League goals since Mourinho became the manager. The only teams to concede more in that period are Everton, Norwich, West Ham, Bournemouth and Villa. And you think, you know, Mourinho coming in, one of the first things he does is always shore up the defence. But that maybe just tells you how appalling our defence is. That we are conceding more since he got the job than before Pochettino was here. And on top of that, you know, he's lost more Premier League games as Spurs manager than he did in his first two seasons. I know. At Chelsea. I mean, Talia... See what I mean? Tell us, tell us, Talia. Do you think, can Mourinho turn this round? It's obviously not all his fault. Has he still, do you reckon, got the ability to be successful at Tottenham? Right. I'll define our defence, right? We've got however many bloody centre-backs that aren't good enough. We've got two full-backs who are god-awful. Um... Like, how we've been left with Aurier and Davis is beyond me. Like, it's a joke. And Toby and Jan are both aggressing. Jan will be gone soon. And Toby, he's probably sitting there thinking, why on earth did I sign a new deal? Um, you've got Sanchez, who isn't great. Foyth, where the hell is he? God knows. Dio, I mean, is improving if he's going to stay as a centre-back. But he's not exactly God's gift, is he? And Tanganga's got a bit of potential. But he's a baby. So what are you going to do with him? And if you think, you know, Mourinho's style of play is defend, 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 park bus, park that bus, who's going to park any bus without a lot of the back? Yeah. It's an absolute mishmash of It's like a Robin. It's like people park, he parked the bus with Man United, but we've got a Robin Reliant, mate. We've got the Billboys car. <laughs> well, I think, you know, when he, when he first started, he was like, you know, I'm not going to change his style of play because under Potch, when we were in a good place, you know, our football was enjoyable. It was watchable. We were going forward. It was nice to watch. We'd never really had that. You know, play around the defence, play out the back and go forward. Whereas now, 
he's still trying to do that. And I know on the game yesterday, we're like, why are we trying to play at the back against Sheffield when that's just too dangerous, especially with those monkeys? Like, it's just not a thing, is it? Like, I don't know how we're meant to improve. Can he turn it around, Talia? Do, do you see a way in which we end up in a positive place after Mourinho leaves Tottenham? What do you think? I mean, I think it's a difficult question. I think it depends. Summer transfers this year, like if we get rid of the Deadwood and actually fill in some spaces, I think yes. I think, of course, whether or not he's a special one anymore, I'd probably say no. But regardless, right, he's a winner. He knows what he's doing. He understands football. If you've got a decent 11 and a decent squad of, what, 16, 17 players course you think he's going to do better and we should be in a decent place but I just don't know I think if everyone else around us is improving you know we're aggressing then we're going to be in trouble but on paper you'd like to think of course he can improve us and that's why he was brought in yeah well we're going to go for a very quick break and when we return we're going to be looking back in the game in a bit more detail yes sorry about that and then we're also going to be looking ahead to Everton to come Big game for Tottenham Monday night. I feel it's a big game. Listen, it's still a massive game. Tottenham need a bounce back. We'll be back with you after this very, very short break. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the second half here of the last word on Spurs. Thank you for persisting and downloading with us at this very difficult time. I keep saying to the guests that come on, sorry to bring on a difficult circumstances. I've been saying that, I think, since God, since August onwards. So um, thank you to our wonderful panel for sticking by us here on the last word on Spurs. Kieran, I want to start with you on this topic. Now, in terms of the team selection, you mentioned there that obviously the minute that goes up on Spurs Twitter, the meltdown you get in relation to if Dumbele is going to start, what his centre-back pairing is, who he plays you know, in attack for Spurs, there's always question marks left and you can never, ever please the fan base. But you know, on the back of that announcement of the team, we saw Bergwijn return to the Spurs starting lineup. Mora preferred to Deli Alley, And for the third consecutive game in a row, we saw Dumbele and the Belgian centre-backs, Alderweireld and Vertonghen on the Spurs bench. When you saw the team, Kieran, was you confident? Because it was quite an attacking lineup from Jose Mourinho. How did you feel about the approach to the game? I thought, yeah, that the starting lineup seemed OK. I wasn't massively surprised by it, to be honest. Um, Delhi doesn't seem to be a, a guaranteed start at the moment. That was the one that stood out, that he wasn't, that he wasn't starting. And obviously, before that day, the, the defence was looking if not spectacular, a reasonably solid ha-ha. Um, so I wasn't you know, that disappointed with the starting lineup. The problems we've got with it need to be addressed in the transfer window, and that's obviously not going to happen before that game. Um, in terms of the actual game itself, I mean, the first half, it wasn't too... I mean, I was fuming at half-time, but I wasn't fuming about the performance. I, I sort of felt reasonably confident, even 1-0 down, that we'd get our chance, um, get our chance to come back. But it ultimately comes back to the the shape of the sides, the foot that the fullbacks, the lack of a defensive midfielder. I mean, you're going to have limitations uh, when it comes to it. But I thought, yeah, we were OK in the first half, but we wilted very, very badly in the second. And coming around to you, Taylor, I mean, we saw Sheffield United go ahead, you know, early on. Again, we talk about it so often that they got down our left-hand side far too easily. Bulldog pulled it back and there was Sander Berg to fire him to put Sheffield United in the lead. But of course, the first half was massively overshadowed by that awful VR decision. Can you understand, Talia, how they came to that verdict to rule out Harry Kane's goal? Absolutely not. Right. I think I'm going to be able to summarise this quite well. It was a foul. He was pushed, right? It's either a free kick or it's a goal. One of the two. How we got neither is actually beyond me. And when you see those replays, I mean, one of the angles, it doesn't even look like it even touches bloody elbow. I mean, 
when you watch night, you just think, what the hell is happening? The ball didn't change the direction of play when it hit him. Like, nothing happened. It was, I know, I think Redknapp said it at halftime. He said it's the worst decision he's ever seen in football. And I think all of us watching were just gobsmacked because I think, you know, it was a clear foul. So you either blow up and you free kick. And if it goes in the goal, then you bloody give the goal. Like, it's it's just ridiculous. And I just think, you know, whether it is the rules, the interpretation of the rules or VAR in general, it's just embarrassing for the Premier League. And I think, you know, what shines through is that common sense is missing from football because God knows what um, Michael Oliver was thinking there. God knows, honestly. I mean, we saw Mourinho after the game very, very critical in terms of, you know, the, the way in which VAR is being conducted at the moment. But, I mean, Ant, to come round to you, yeah. I mean, we thought we'd seen the worst VAR decision when they judged Son's armpit to be offside against Leicester early in the season. But oh, they no. really went and yeah. outdone themselves on that one. And, you know, Ant, yeah. whether it's the rules or the interpretation of them, either way, it just seems excruciatingly embarrassing for the Premier League. And, again, we suffer and it's just reduced to a shambles. I mean, how can you explain how they get to that decision, Ant? Talia summed it all up. I mean, what more can you say? He got fouled. If it's not a foul, it's a goal because you play on. But Mora ain't... It's not Mora's fault because the ball's... His arm... Not even his arm, but he's he's, he's been pushed. <laughs> he's been fouled. So what, what, I don't I don't understand it. And it's coming back to the Champions League because so close handball. That wasn't a handball. But the Trent Alexander-Arnold one was. You know, in, in the Clear Premier League day. this year, I think it was. You know, and, and it's just, it's not consistent enough for me. If it was consistent, you'd go, all right, fine. I've seen it given against, you know, other teams. Okay, fine. But I've never seen that decision given in seven months of, of, of VAR being in play. So, it, you know, my, automatically I'm thinking everyone's got a vendetta against Spurs. That's that's where my mentality was straight away. Mm. And I thought, here we go. We're not going to get nothing. And, you know, and, and it just went went to pot from there. I mean, it's just it's just a shame. It's, it's it's frustrating, but what can you do? Yeah, it's annoying. It do you know what the thing race was though? If it would have ended one nil, I think we'd have been absolutely fuming. And the fact that we yeah. were, actually were that shit and conceded more, in my eyes, made it better because we didn't deserve to win. As I said, the only justification you can use with VAR, and not not the decision in question, but just generally, is that without it, there's no Champions League final for Spurs last season, as Anthony mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, because that that goal for Man City is given, and then we go out uh, unjustifiably, uh, and we probably lose the Man United game we just played a couple of week, uh, weeks ago, whatever it was, um, yeah. because the, the referee couldn't wait to get. Yeah. Well, the yeah. referee the referee couldn't wait to give that second penalty, could he? So, I mean, oh. look. So VAR itself, I mean, uh, you know, there are benefits to it, but I think the problem is that when you've got rules like if it literally touches your hand, that's a that's a foul, and you, you disallow the goal or whatever, or you give a penalty or whatever it might be. I mean, there's a disconnect between that and the discretion you should obviously be able to use. But the person I'd like to see referees have more opportunity to come to the sideline and look at it and make their own make their own judgment rather than some faraway person. I totally agree. Yeah. But it's common. Uh, agree with you, mate. Oh, it's complete common sense, and I think that's what I was trying to get at with the whole common sense thing. Because you know, from a scientific point of view, if you're falling over, you it's voluntary to put your hands in front of you or your arms because you can't not do that. So to have something disallowed because of that is just lack of common sense. Because I think well, if yeah. anyone watched that, you, you know, you look at that and think he didn't, you know, if he would have elbowed the ball like full on and it went in a completely different direction and fell at someone's feet, you think, all right, I maybe see it. But there was just nothing like that. No. 
Kieran, just want to come back around here. We've got a question here from Johnny Ryan, and it's back to kind of what we were mentioning at the kind of first half of the show, that there does seem to be, and Anthony's already alluded to this, a serious lack of leadership and effort and too many players hiding, and they always seem to have the easy option every time. You know, we're playing like individuals. Why do you think, Kieran, though, after that decision is made, that our players give up so easily? And Johnny asked, should we or do we have a sports psychologist within the club to try and help this? Or do we actually trust Jose Mourinho with all those years of experience, that winning mentality, that serial winner, to try and coach this out of the bad? Or is it beyond that, in a way, Kieran, for you? It's more about concentration as much as anything. I'm not sure if they wilted so much as they just gave up. But when you look at the goals we conceded, it was just uh, lapses in concentration and individual errors again. That sort of, uh, it's very difficult to coach that out of people because it's uh, psychological. I mean, to be honest, I mean... You know, it's a bit of a cop-out for the players to say Mourinho, with his experience, can sort of make them into winners. I think it comes back to the players again. What I'd like to see is one or two that have been there and done it. I, I sort of made the point earlier, but in their sort of early 30s or something, whether it's the Cavani's and Thiago Silva's, doesn't have to be those two individually. But pe- pe- people yeah. like that come in and maybe just bring a bit of experience to the side because I look at Ben Davies, David Sanchez and so on, I'm not sure, however much you say, well, Mourinho should coach them, I'm not sure he can get blood out of a stone. I mean, if Mourinho yeah. was coach of, uh, I don't know, um, Leighton Orient or something, it doesn't mean he's going to suddenly get promoted back to back just because he's Jose Mourinho. No, I'm not going yeah. to go at Leighton Orient. I, I, I like Orient. But like, <laughs> it, it, it's that sort of point. So it's about the, the players that he's got. I, I don't think they've got it. Um, and we, but we haven't had leaders for a long time. If you look at the, the teams he's coached over the years, uh, I'm not going to give compliments to a certain Chelsea captain, but no. if you go through them all, Real Madrid into Chelsea, he's always had those leaders on the pitch that yeah. have uh, done his bidding for him, and we need that. But I don't know where you get that from. That's the that's the million dollar question. Mm, that is it's, hard, it, isn't it? It's, it's 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 all about you know he when he was at you know the other club in West London, they had a spine. Yeah. You know, Czech, Terry, Lampard, Cavalio. That was their yeah. spine. Yeah. Yeah. And he had obviously the Carvalhos and and um, uh, the Joe Coles and the Damien Duffs. They but they but they complemented each other. And let's 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 call it straight. They were scary to play against, right? With the Iron Robins of this world running at you and blah blah blah. Whereas Spurs, since I think since people like the Van der Vaarts of this world have left the club, we've had no no winners, no Gallas. Yeah, no, like people shouting on the pitch and da da da. And I was watching the game on with no crowd last, and I heard hardly anything. It was like a training training game. There was no winners there, and and it, it's frustrating to see because Kieran got it right. You, you can't get blood out of a stone. Davis is always going to make them sort of mistakes. Davis will always get run. Aure will always get will always be flat footed. Sanchez and Dyer, they're not they're not the best pairing in the world. But you bring someone in that's been there, done it, won a Champions League, won the, won the Brazil World Cups and the Euros and everything because they've been there and done that. But I'm not confident in in our in our back four, in our midfield, and and obviously with with Kane up top, he's always going to get a goal. But you know who's to say that he he, he will be there this time next season. I don't know. I mean, and you said, you said about that second goal in Moose, it taps home from really close range from Stevens Cross, but it, like you said, it's abysmal defending. You look at that Spurs defending for that goal, Sissoko, Dyer, Davis, all asleep. And kind of, again, a question on this, Ant. This is from J.A. Steve, who says, why are Spurs' players so tired 
after the 65 minute mark when they had a week off. You know, most of them were jogging around by this point. And oh, that's no. when they conceded the last <clears throat> two goals. Can you understand that, that, you know, the fitness of the levels of the players? Has Mourinho been good enough using his substitutions or are you looking at it, those those players on the pitch should be, as Kieran said, concentrating a lot more be. hard than what they are now? Hun- 100% mate Marino shouldn't be looking over to the bench and, 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 and trying to change the game yeah alright obviously if an injury comes of course but then players have had as you said 9-10 days off you know it's not good enough they've got to they, they've got to be from 0 to 100 from from 0 minutes to 90 minutes you see what I'm saying and obviously if he brings on a sub and, and he changes it great but as I said you know, I'll put a question to everyone just before there's no game changers on that bench. So he his hands are tied. We haven't got another striker to to to, comp, to have competition for Kane. We haven't got another winger. We we've just got just mishmash of players that just hope for the best. We've got no it's, it's eleven individuals and there's no teams there anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't play as a team. How many times the amount of time Kane was 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 free to shoot and score. And he never you know, there's no there's no team. We don't we don't help each other. No. We're not gelled at all. We're not one squad. We are a group of eleven individual players on the team. Hundred percent. That's hundred percent. You wonder when the that we're scouting these players. Are we even paying attention to the mentality point or the aggression point or the yeah. leadership point? Because mm. you look at who they brought in in the last summer. Not one of them has any leadership qualities that I can see. I mean, Tanko and Dembele and Giela Celso might turn out to be two or three years from now excellent players, but they're never going to be captains of their countries. No. To, to me. Uh, you'd like to see them put that put a bit more stock in leadership more than just ability. I mean, maybe Holberg from Southampton will come in and offer a bit of that if, if he does come. Um, but I'd like to see more of that, more aggression. That's what we were, all the ability we had under Poch aside, right? yeah. we were aggressive. And, and, and that, that's what I want to get back to. Talk about players that try and lead by example. I think Harry Kane, to be honest with you, Italian, just come around to you, he somehow managed 19 goals for Tottenham in 28 matches in what has been a wretched season for him. And it's clear, as Anthony said earlier, he needs help. There was that previous belief that Kane would maybe look at retiring at Spurs if he actually felt that the club was going in the right direction. But you do feel at the moment, you can't imagine he's going to stick around, Talia, can you, for another rebuild? And you wouldn't maybe begrudge it against him. You know, he's now scored against all 29 teams that he's faced in the Premier League. What is Kane thinking on that pitch, Talia, when he sees what's around him? I think he's just got to be thinking... What, what am I doing? Like, I think that his goal is 100%. And I truly believe if he could be a one club man, he would. And he wants to do, like, stay at Spurs. He wants to win stuff at Spurs. And he would love to stay at Spurs. But he's also said, and I know it caused quite a bit of drama a couple of months ago. And he said, you know, of course, I want to stay. You know, I'll have to reconsider if stuff doesn't change. And he has every right. He's one of the best forwards going you know, in world football and he's sitting there with bloody Aurier chucking him a ball and Sissoko missing from close range. Like He doesn't need that. At the end of the day, he's a massive talent. He's, what, 26 now? And of course, you know, it's young and he's got plenty of years ahead, but you don't want to waste your prime. And I just think, he'd sometimes I just think he'd be an idiot to stay. Of course, I think everyone would love him to. And, you know, we want him to be the hero and everyone wants him to captain the club and lift that cup in front of us all. Like, that's the dream, right? But I just mm. think to the degree you can't blame him if you, you leave. Yeah. I think everyone would just think fair play. 
you know, no one would begrudge him for it, I don't think, because you can't. What? Why would you sit and waste, right, in any job, if you're working with idiots and you're the shining star, there's only so much of it you can take. And then you look oh, yeah. around and think, fuck this off, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. He's not even money orientated, right? And I don't no, think it's that. No, he's like, not. He's no. going to earn more, blah, blah, blah. And I, I tell you flat out, I think as long as he doesn't go to a club, which we hate, which he won't, I strongly don't think he will, then good luck to him. I mean, yeah. our saving grace is that he, he does have a contract till 2024. Mm. And I mean, so it does limit the amount of clubs that could actually get him from yeah. us. I mean, the, the one benefit you will give Daniel Levy, the one benefit of the doubt you'll give him is that he's not going to sell him on the cheap. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to cost you a lot. And, and, and who, who is the club that buys him? And obviously there'll be people that are interested. So I don't think we should talk him out the door just yet, you know, mm. this summer, let's say. On that point, Kieran, B. Ray Handel says, is this the moment that Kane realises that he has to leave, he wants to win things? Do you disagree then? Do you think at the moment he doesn't have that thought in his head? No, I think, well, I, I can't speak for him, obviously, but I think there's a bit of us uh, 24 hours after a bad defeat, maybe overreacting a little bit. Yeah, obviously, if we tail off massively at the end of the season, it's not a good thing. But as I said earlier, like if, if we go and beat Everton and Bournemouth next week, OK, it doesn't feel like we will now. But let's say we did and he scores a, couple, a, a few goals. Maybe things look a bit more rosy. I think we get next season out of him. Um, full season with Mourinho, with Kane. See how it goes. Uh, after that, then you're three years left on his contract. Um, but again, the point is to get him out of Spurs. It's going to cost about £150 million or something. Who knows what the exact figure, but it's going to cost you an awful lot but, of money. Yeah. And, and so, and so, yes, people could pay that, but he's not the only big money transfer out there with Jaden Sancho and others. So we've got a bit of time, I think, but obviously, clock's ticking. Kieran, do, do you think he? I think obviously we're all talking from the same hymn sheet here, but he needs competition because you know as well as I do, and, and Talia as well, and Ricky. He's got an injury in him, and I hate saying this, that can oh, have true. him out for three, four, five months. Every right? season. Seen that. Every season. Yep. We've seen that every season. Yep. So he needs competition. And absolutely. And I think he I think he would thrive on the competition. Yep. I think 100%. he would love that. What's that? Someone, to, someone to bring on with him as well, like yesterday. Why not? Can you imagine, can you imagine bringing on Danny Ings alongside him or something? Do you know what I'm saying? 20 minutes yep. to go. Yeah. I remember or, when or, Spurs or someone had... like that. Yeah. Do you remember when Spurs had four four strikers? Well, we have pa- we had Pav, Berbatov, Defoe and Keane. And we used to always sit there, I don't know about yourself, but me and my mates used to sit there and go, oh my God, we, we don't want to upset Pav or we don't want to upset Keane and da 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 Defoe. We had the luxury of four strikers. All right, they were good players. Obviously, some of them, you know, world-class, but there was competition there. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mourinho can afford to rotate that squad. But unfortunately, we all, we've all said it, it, it his hands are tied. His hands are tied. There's no competition. Like a Danny Ings, who knows the Premier League, a Raul Jimenez, who, again, knows the Premier League, knows where the goal is. Go out and get them sort of players for now, for now, for, for player, one or two um, seasons, just to get you, just to give competition and get you goals when, when we need to. If you go, if we're going to go and spend 40, 50 million, which I know we won't, on the best striker in Spain, he ain't going to come out. You know, we, we've seen it with Soldado. They're going to they're going to come over here. It's going to take him a year to get used to it. And by that time, we, Spurs fans, uh, like myself, we've had enough and we want to sell him on. So I think we need to get players in now. If it's, if it's on the cheap, 
get them in. Knows what people know where the goal is, and and give competition to to Harry Kane. Very, very briefly, Ricky, because I know I've spoken a bit here. No, go for just it. Um, I mean, a player, I, a player I would look at just as an example is someone like Mitrovic from Fulham, who again I don't know yeah. how much money you're going to have to uh, spend on him, but someone like that who's an international footballer, but he's in the Championship, but he's I think he's 24, mm. puts himself about a bit. You think we'd jump at the chance to come to Spurs? I, I yeah. don't really buy this argument that there's nobody out there. No, not at all. Like, I mean, that's our biggest is, problem. Like, that's exactly always Kieran, been the problem. This is what people. Are, this is what we've been sold on. Who is going to be on the bench when Harry Kane's playing? Well, I'm sorry, it's the worst. It's, it's the small biggest like, club mentality. Small club mentality. That is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we've got because our Spurs fans are scared to upset the apple cart. Well, no, I want to see players to come on and change a game mm. when we're one 0 down. Yep. And, you know, you, you can afford to take off Son. You can afford to take off Birdwine. You can even afford to take off Kane 65, 70 minutes if he's not putting up any trees because he's going to have bad games. It's inevitable. Yep. So we need we need these sort of players to come on, change the game and get hopefully get us wins. We've got no bullies. We've got no 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 aggression in, 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 in the side. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you want to look at our, our bench and go, oh, my God, he's, if he comes on, he's going to... Give a couple of elbows, get a penalty, blah 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 blah. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we're Whereas lucky we that Kane's that. strike rate is nice. Yeah, I agree, but I think we're lucky that Kane's strike rate is as good as it is because you've got to look at it and think that if we hadn't, you know, if we haven't got a player's ability like Harry Kane to score goals, you would really worry. But I do totally agree that for Spurs to try and improve the team, Kane has to have someone that's going to come in and offer him genuine competition. That's also going to keep him, you know, alive, spurred on, pardon the pun. And I 100% agree that that is the way forward. And you look at this team, you know, you reel off the amount of positions that you feel this squad needs. You maybe argue two new fullbacks. You know, you look another striker. There's a lot of work to be done. It always goes back to will the money be there? That is the million dollar question. But we are going to go for a very quick break. And taking you into that break is Tony from the All Together Now Everton podcast, who is previewing the game against them for us on Monday night. And we're also going to give you our thoughts ahead of that game against Everton. What Tottenham will turn up and can Spurs get back to winning ways? Do not go anywhere. We are back after our final break of the show. The Opposition View. I'm delighted to be joined by Tony from the All Together Now Everton podcast to give us his view ahead of the game against Everton on Monday. Firstly, Tony, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. Yes, not bad, not bad at all. Obviously, you've seen Tottenham's form at the moment. Horrific defeat to Sheffield United. And Everton at the moment, Tony, quietly, carefully going about their business under Carlo Angelotti. Looking really, really decent. What have you made of Everton's form under the Italian? Quite impressive, to be honest. I know you. I think we're all in in awe of of Carlo Ancelotti, and I think the players are, the fans are. We are quite lucky to have them. Um, obviously, when Marco Silva was sacked, the names that were linked with the Everton job was the likes of Eddie Howe and, and David Moyes, and you've seen what's going on with their careers so far. But to 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 lure a, a manager of this ilk, a world class manager, it's it's beyond of what Everton fans are expected in this last 25, 30 years since we last won a trophy. So he is a big name, and the club have given the duty, been um. They've, they've had a tough time in terms of appointments. You could go to University of Martinez, Ronald Koeman, etc. And the list goes on. Sam Allardyce going into the mix. But they've got this absolutely spot on. Um, and the fans are absolutely made up. They, they can't believe we've got a manager of this ilk. And the form has only developed since he's arrived. Everton unbeaten in nine. I could have some park since he's came. And yeah, he, they're finally going about the business. 
we've seen even Tony him say that he genuinely believes that Everton, with a bit of investment or with a couple of players, can really try and challenge for the top of the league. I mean, hearing that must really, really excite you as an Everton fan because even from a Spurs perspective, you know, um, we're one of those teams that have always wanted to try and compete up there for the title. And obviously under Pochettino, we had a couple of occasions where we did go close in the title race. But for you now, looking at the form guide, how confident are you going into this Tottenham game and are you expecting to win it? Time in a long while with the chances of actually winning. I think that in days gone by when the Marco Silva, Bertha Mars, and David Moyes would go there and hopefully try and get a point. But I think with this manager now, he's going anywhere and looking to get three points. I think that's the difference now. You've got that belief coming from a world class manager. It stems from him and it goes right through to the football club. And that's why they obviously beat Leicester the other day. I drew in Liverpool as well. Um, I'm sure they'll actually beat Liverpool in that game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's stemming right from Carlo Manchotti and the appointment from him. So, yeah, I think in terms of Tottenham's form, like Evan will look at this and think, do you know what, we've got a good chance of going there and taking all three points. And I think that belief that when the manager of Carlo Manchotti says that, it filters down to the players, to the fans. And I think there are a few, few challenges, I'd say two or three. If you can build your team around the Major Holgate, Andre Gomez, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the Charlottes, He's in Ukraine, staying a bit of a spine. So if they can get one or two key improvements in the, in the developments in, in terms of the transfer market this summer, I think they will be there, there amongst. You've known a couple of Everton players there already for you, Tony. Who are the players at Spurs we need to watch out for on Monday night? Who are the players that can really punish them if we're not up to the task like we saw against Sheffield United? Well, I'll give you the weakness in, in Everton's part. Somehow they're getting results. Um, without it, it's a key midfield. I think if Tottenham have got any ounce about them, they can literally capitalise on Everton's midfield. It is poor. It's one area that needs recruitment in the summer. I think they're like it hasn't been dealt with since it's just a guy left and Everton tried to replace him with Fabian Delph and that just hasn't worked. Tom Davis is a bit of a squad player at the moment. So there's only Andre Gomez in there. So if Tottenham are looking to capitalise on Everton, I would go about the centre midfield business. Um, but if Tottenham are looking for dangers, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, they are an absolute handful up front. There's two young, energetic legs up there that just don't stop running for 90 minutes. They're, they're putting unbelievable defences. You've seen Liverpool couldn't cope with them toward the back ends of... Um, the Merseyside derby the other week, Leicester couldn't cope with them, and they do score goals. I think the Charlton's got 15 for the season now, Calvert-Lewin 14, so one of them will score on, on, on Monday night, I'm pretty much saying. Finally, can I get a prediction from you ahead of the game on Monday night? Yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out here, I think it would be Tottenham's form, and I think that, that's if he's one who gone down too well, with Tottenham heads will be down, I think it could be a perfect time for Everton to go there and take three points, I think the, the owners could be on Tottenham, big pressure there, I think Everton could win this 2-1. OK, brilliant. Tony, thank you for so much. We wish you the very best of luck for the rest of the season. And you guys, take it easy. The Opposition View. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of The Last Word on Spurs. Now, Talia facing Tottenham next is a resurgent Everton side, a length in the table, only a point below us, if ever you need to know how far we've slumped, and a revival, as I said, under Carlo Angelotti. How nervous, excited are you for this game? I don't think it's going to be easy, Talia, is it, Everton, for Tottenham? Nothing's easy. <laughs> I think there's always a right to be nervous. We seem to obviously be better at home, so that's a big plus. Um, hopefully there's no injuries um, from yesterday's game. So, yeah, another plus. But, of course, you can't look um, behind the fact that Everton are a good side. I think they outplayed Liverpool um, last week, or whenever that was. They were a great team. They just beat Leicester. You know, they're in great form and they've fully turned it around. And I think 
I think we will definitely score goals against them because our attackers are better than like their defence. But I think we will struggle to defend against Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. Definitely. I think it's going to be one of those games where the floodgates are a little bit open. <laughs> I think we've just got to score them. Like, that's the mentality for me. Try not to be too pessimistic. I think on paper, of course, we, we've got to win and we should 100% be able to win. And I, I also think we are better in quick succession sometimes. You know, that nine-day break for us is shitty. And I don't want to sound like Mourinho because I know he complains about it. But you do kind of lose momentum in that sense. So, you know, playing a couple of days later is probably quite good for us and trying to bury the hatchet with the whole loss and all that and just go forward, win and hopefully get the three points. Kieran, come around to you. Everton manager, Carline Jotty, says he hopes his side will soon be competing for the Premier League. I mean, that's the ambition that they've got. I mean, at the moment, you look at where they're at. You know, having taken over from Marco Silva in December, Everton were just four points clear of the relegation zone. And since then, Angelotti's guided the club to safety. And they're on the fringes of the race for the Europa League qualification, as I mentioned, just a point behind us now. It's not going to be an easy game, is it? What's your thoughts going into it? I'm glad it's coming quite quickly after uh, the game this week. It's a good opportunity for us to change the narrative around the team, uh, to be honest. Um, but I agree with Talia. When you look at some of the attacking players Everton have got, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough one. But maybe we'll benefit from a team that's going to come out at us a little bit more. Uh, we'll be able to hit them on the break and it will sort of suit a Jose Mourinho sort of approach to a game. Um, my main thing, I'm hoping to see a couple of new faces in there, to be honest. It's the main thing I'm looking forward to now because um, ultimately the Champions League's gone. I'd like to be in the Europa League, but if we're not, it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much. Um, so I'd like to see Ndombele play and I'd like to see maybe even Sessegnon or someone getting a run out. Let's give some of these people that haven't had some minutes uh, some minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm still optimistic because we've, we've got players up front that can hurt them. But I mean, I think a clean sheet's unlikely, isn't it? So yeah. let's hope we can let's hope we, let's hope we can turn it around. Because, like I say, uh, it's all doom and gloom today. But if we can get a win on uh, Monday, yeah. Then you've got Bo- then you've got Bournemouth next. Mm. Suddenly things can change, can't they? And then we've got loads of games in quick succession. So yeah. cautiously optimistic, but it's going to be tough. In a way, I agree with you. I think having that short period between this Sheffield United games and Everton game, if we can win. Hopefully, it'll be a better mood. I think, you know, with that Arsenal game coming in the week, you do feel that Spurs, we need to get some positive results now. Back-to-back wins would really help. But, I mean, question here for you, Ant. This is from Mark Southern, who says, how many defenders do we need to sign? That's the first question. He also says, should we yeah. consider starting Jan Vertonghen at left-back and Toby at right-back against Everton? What do you make of that? Would you put Jan Vertonghen left-back? Maybe, but they... No, nah, no, 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 because they got pace all over the shop, so... Bless Jan, you know, he's been a fantastic servant to our club and I, I think he'll get out and run. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with maybe Kieran, you know, maybe put Sessignon, the young lad Sessignon, give him a run out because can't get any worse or can't get any better. So I hope it's the latter. Um, I think we need, a, well, you know, we've said it before, we, we need a whole, you know, back, back five, so to speak. You know, we need, I think Tanganga's got a great pos- prospect. But he needs someone next to him that's that's had experience. So maybe a Tanganga, Aldevierald. Uh, would you play a back three? I don't know. Um, they've they've got unfortunately they've got pace all over the shop. So it's going to be an open game. Uh, Sigerson will will score because he's an ex Spurs player. Um, it's inevitable. Uh, it's going to be Sigurdsson either free kick or penalty. You know, one of them, or he'll score a screamer. Um, because they always do Um, and I think we might nick it 2-1 but I think it's going to be a very very open game 
Okay, should we do predictions? Let's do it. I mean, it's uh, difficult to know what kind of Spurs team is going to turn up, isn't it, in terms of different circumstances? I mean, even the team selection at the moment, I think the unpredictability of it, will he stick with Dyer and Sanchez as a centre-back pairing? Will he look to change it after that defeat against Sheffield United? And like I say, we've been in quick succession, Kieran. What do you think in terms of a prediction for this one? Can Spurs get back to winning ways? I think they can, but I'm going to say 2-2. Just going, it'll be high scoring. Oh, God. Um, they're a good, Everton are a good side. Um, you know, if we do win, it'll be like a 3 2 or something. But I'd say 2-2 and we beat Bournemouth and then it's all on the Arsenal game. Okay. The Arsenal game is going to dictate the mood going into the summer. A hundred percent. Yeah, you, you do feel that Arsenal game is going to be key in terms of how we finish that season. But, I mean, we've got I'd say, a couple of big games to come before that. So, Kira's going with 2-2. Talia... Are you going to leave us on a high? What do you think you're going to go with as a prediction for this one? Today, not. Before that, I was genuinely going to say 2-2, maybe 3-2. <laughs> but, seeing as it's already been done... Okay. I will, for you, very oh. optimistically say 3-1. And we're, only, and we're only recording 24 hours, can I just say, after the Sheffield United game. I think the third, the third goal's just gone in. If you went 24 hours back. So that's a very optimistic <laughs> prediction. 3 1. I'm only saying it because they'll get absolutely battered in that room. And if they, if they don't win by 3 1, then they need to fuck off. <laughs> oh my God. And closing the show with you, what's yeah. your prediction ahead of this game? Well, as I said, as I said, Sig, it's a score. Mm. Um, 100%. I, I, I think people should put a tenner on it now um, <laughs> because it's an ex Spurs player scoring against his old club. It's, it's going to happen. Um, and we might nick it two one. Two one. Okay. Final... I just I can't I can't go against it. I can't. It's just do my head in. It'll kill me. <laughs> Final last <laughs> questions to finish up here. It's been like I say one of those shows where we've had to grin and bear what's happened in the last twenty four hours. So hopefully we're gonna return with a more vibrant positive show to bring you on Tuesday. And question here from AJ Peanuthead one seventy he says Do you think or do we deserve, in your opinion, Europa League football next season as a minimum. Yeah, we have. It's 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 a comp, it's a cup competition. We need we need we need Europe, mate. Um, but having said that, I always like going into Europe. I think going in for a cup competition, you know, you can't become complacent. But I think yeah. our squad, as it, as we're talking today, we don't deserve it because our squad's too thin. It's it's not good enough. Mm. Okay. Last couple, going to come round to each of you. So this one is going to go to you, Talia. They're going to end the show with Kieran. Has the This is over to you, Talia. Has the Dyer-Davinson-Sanchez partnership experiment now run its course? Yeah, absolutely, yes. So who would you like to see as your centre-back pairing then against Everton? Who would be your preference? Uh, I'd throw Toby back in just because I think he is a safer option and he, you know, he clears stuff off the line and is smart he does have a football brain and has some great long balls in him so I'd like to see him um but I do think Dyer's improved so I'm not you know saying sack him off he's great in the air he leaps up so I don't know maybe wing it and try Dyer Toby see what happens and that question was from Jamie Massey at Colonial Beast and the final question an easy one Kieran, for you to end on here because we like to give easy ones to debutants this <laughs> is from MJ Eisenberg at Mortal Lock Mid who says how can we have a successful rebuild and bring in the right pieces to move forward as a club. And I've asked you that question, Kieran, because I think you've been the most level-headed out of all of us. So I'm hoping you can give us a decent response. Well, uh, can I just say, I love that username of whoever that was. Oh, that was brilliant, uh, that wasn't was, it? That was something special. The beauty of How Twitter. How can we rebuild? I mean, look, we need two full-backs, a defensive midfielder and a striker, 
and we need to be open-minded about where we get them from. So, mm. you know, you might get you might get one or two of them from the championship, let's say, or one or two of them from a German league you've heard of. But um, ultimately, we need we need the main thing is we need patience and a strategy. Um, I can't promise we're going to have it because I don't run the, don't run the club. Um, but it, yeah, it's really difficult. All I'll say, just to try and end on a reasonably positive note, is we go through these uh, cycles of Spurs, don't we? And when it's doom and gloom, it feels like it'll never improve. Um, but then they go and pull out a worldie of a win somewhere along the line. Maybe they're going to smash Arsenal 4-1. Or oh, that'd 4-1 be nice. Or and, and then everything feels uh, everything feels hunky-dory again, doesn't it? So, look, let's just try and keep the faith. I, yeah. I really hope they don't tail off for the next few games because then it's just going to be toxic, uh, at least online. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what, what is it not toxic online? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I, I deal in politics as well as sport, so it's the wow. for the two is pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible. But... Um, no, look, they've got work to do uh, this next window, and um, I just hope they do it a bit quicker and a bit more strategically than we've seen in the last couple of years. But um, it's over to them, isn't it? Amen. Kieran, thank you so much for coming on. Such a wonderful debut under difficult circumstances. We really appreciate it. No worries. You've been an absolute star. Anthony Costa. Anthony Costa, yes, the man I talk to after every game <laughs> who, I, who, who calls me and I speak to him, like, and it's going to get better, mate. And he's like, I don't think it is, Rick. I don't think it is. And no, mate. Is it going to get better listen, the next time we speak? Oh well, I hope so. I really do, mate. But uh, you know, you're going to get that phone call at half time, didn't you? So just call. keep your phone on. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, keep the phone off, depending on the circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn it off, mate. Absolute yeah. diamond, Anthony Costa and Talia. God bless, mate. Oh, Talia, thank you very much for coming back on. Difficult circumstances, but you know you'll be back on here soon at some point. So we've got to try and keep some kind of calm and hope it's going to get better. You know I'll be back. It's all good. You know what? I've quite enjoyed it. It's been like shitty circumstances, but it's been a good one. It's been a good oh, therapy what, session. What Tottenham throw up on a Friday night, eh? That's what they do to you. Friday night counselling sessions with Spurs. You could, you know, oh, <laughs> more could anyone ask for oh, in a pandemic? You, exactly. Well, we are back on Tuesday. Hopefully talk about a Tottenham win. Thank you for listening to us for the last hour and a bit. It will get better. Keep the faith. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.